Hello, I am Andy Ward. It's time for another story. This is the fourth story. This is an unsavoury nightmare. Steve loved cooking. Once he'd cooked himself an omelette so large it wouldn't even fit in the garage. Steve, get that omelette out of the garage, his wife would shout. I can't see the car. It had taken them three weeks to get the car out from under the omelette, and when they eventually did, it ended up failing its MOT because the engine was jammed with egg. That wasn't the first time that Steve's ambitious cooking had caused trouble. He once made a souffle that absorbed so much air that seven people nearly suffocated. It was hard to explain that one to the police. Steve was bored of his usual recipes now, though. He'd made pretty much everything from his 101 dishes involving ham cookbook, he got tired of the larger versions of regular dishes book ages ago. You know what, darling? I'm going to go out and buy myself a new cookbook today, he said to his wife. She sighed with relief. There are only so many times you get to four-foot lasagna before you never wanted to see any bechamel sauce ever again. Steve grabbed his hat and coat from the coat hanger and headed off into the world to buy his new cookbook. Three hours later, Steve was still wandering around town trying to acquire his new cookbook. It hadn't been as easy as he expected. Where once there had been an entire street full of cookbook shops, now the street was deserted. The windows of these shops boarded up with slices of mouldy bread. Steve checked his watch. It was 5.25 and getting dark. He had to find a shop that sold cookbooks within the next five minutes or else he'd be dying on nothing more than disappointment tonight. Suddenly he heard a voice. Are you looking for a new cookbook? said the voice. It was harsh and raspy, almost as if its owner had swallowed a tub load of bees. Steve turned around to be confronted by a man eating a tub load of bees. Who are you? How did you know I was looking for a new cookbook? And why are you eating a tub load of bees? said Steve. The stranger chuckled. Those are all very good questions, he replied. There was a long silence. Do you have any answers? asked Steve. No, replied the stranger disappointedly. Listen, I've got to go. I've got to find a new cookbook in the next four minutes or we're all going to be eating come down casserole tonight, said Steve as he went to leave. Wait, shouted the stranger as he rested his tub load of bees on the floor and reached into his jacket pocket. I have a cookbook for you if you want it. What kind of cookbook is it? Italian cuisine, Spanish, Chinese, said Steve, slightly suspicious. Oh, it's much more unique than that. Recipes from far-flung places you've never been before, said the stranger, muffling a chuckle in his own shoulder. Hmm, said Steve. He was now very suspicious, especially after the man had attempted to muffle a chuckle into his shoulder. He thought he'd gotten away with it, but Steve could recognise a shoulder chuckle from two hundred yards. On the other hand, he was desperate for a new cookbook, so he could make a delicious new recipe for dinner. It didn't seem like he was going to find one anywhere else. He was going to have to trust this mysterious bee-eater. Okay, how much do you want for it? asked Steve. Seven pounds fifty, said the stranger. Steve smiled, and only just managed to reverse the polarity of a chuckle at the last second, sending it cascading back down into his lungs. The reason for Steve's arrogance was that he knew he was phenomenal at bartering. It was his gift, his talent, his hero's ability. He was Peter Petrelli, 
and right now he was about to barter this man down to size. Soon seven pounds fifty would seem like a lifetime ago. Seven pounds forty-five, counted Steve. Okay, sold, replied the stranger. Steve had done it again. They didn't call him Steve the battery-powered bartering bartender for nothing. Well, they did, because he wasn't a bartender or powered by batteries, but by Jove could he barter. Steve took the book from the stranger. It seemed fairly old. The pages were oxygenated and stained. Still, at least he'd found something. Tonight he was going to cook something truly special. Oh yes, it would be truly special. I'm back and I brought a new cookbook, Steve said excitedly as he came in through the door. Who the hell are you and how did you get in, said the old man standing in the lobbyway. Oh sorry, this is the wrong house, said Steve, having ruined the general narrative of the story. He excused himself and left. I'm back and I brought a new cookbook, said Steve, this time making sure he'd got the right house. How wonderful, replied his wife. What are you going to be cooking for us tonight? Steve flicked through the page of his book. Then he spotted something particularly tasty. Tonight, Mary, I'm going to be making toad in the hole, he exclaimed. What size toad in the hole? asked his wife warily. Regular size toad in the hole, said Steve. All the recipes in this book are for regular sized dishes. Great, then get cooking, said his wife. She slapped on the back encouragingly, as if she was some kind of basketball coach from a 1990s American teen movie. Steve skipped away into the kitchen to prepare his meal. An hour later, and Steve was finding it harder to make this meal than he'd expected. The batter seemed to require a lot of ingredients that he hadn't expected to put in a toad in the hole. He'd already had to add sulphur, Tabasco sauce, and a VHS copy of a Jim Davidson stand-up show. What kind of batter was this? Still, he'd come this far, he might as well make it now. He scanned down through the list of instructions. Just one more ingredient to add. Blood. Steve selected an implement from his kitchen drawer and went to cut his finger. Alas, it was nigh on impossible to do this with a whisk. He would have to select something else. A knife would probably suffice. Indeed, it would have been the sensible option to go with this from the outset, but it wouldn't have taken up nearly as much time. Steve gently pricked his index finger with the knife and watched as a small drop of blood slowly dripped into the batter mix. As it did, there was a rumbling sound. His wife came rushing in. What was that? she exclaimed nervously. I don't know, said Steve, confused. He examined the batter mix. It looked fine, apart from the sulphur, blood and Jim Davidson tape. Still, perhaps it would taste good. It was certainly a unique recipe. The stranger was right. Steve whisked the batter, added some sausages, and put it in the oven to cook for 30 minutes. He left the kitchen and went to watch CSI on TV. Steve wasn't really sure what to make of CSI. He was sure he was pretty meant to like it, but for some reason none of it made sense. It was just a load of close-ups of bullets. If Steve wanted to see close-ups of bullets, he would go and stick his face in a box full of bullets. Sometimes he did. His watching of CSI was disturbed, however, by a constant humming noise. He wasn't sure what it was. Perhaps the TV was broken. It was fairly old now. He made a mental note to buy a new TV later. Steve checked the clock on the video recorder. Half an hour had passed. It was towed in the whole time. As Steve approached the kitchen, the humming grew louder. Perhaps it wasn't the TV after all. But what else could it be?
Everything else was turned off, wasn't it? Perhaps Mary was in her Zeppelin again. Mary, shouted Steve. Mary, are you in the Zeppelin? Steve, we don't have a Zeppelin, replied Mary as she came down the stairs. A chill spread across his body. She was right. They didn't have a Zeppelin. Then what else could it be? Suddenly he saw. Steve glanced across at the closed kitchen door. A light was shining within, but Steve was sure he'd turned the kitchen lights off when he left. He'd even removed the light bulb to be sure. He checked his pockets. Yes, there was the light bulb. Then where was the light coming from? Steve and Mary cautiously approached the door, the humming sound growing louder the closer they got. Steve slowly turned the door handle and swung the door open. He was startled by what he saw. The room was strewn with blood. Where once there had been an oven, now there was just a swirling portal. At the back of the kitchen, a large figure stood over the kitchen counter, examining the George Foreman grill. "'Who are you?' stammered Steve. The figure growled fiercely and slowly began to turn around. Mary shrieked in horror as the large beastly figure grinned at them with its huge teeth and red eyes. "'What the hell is going on here?' steamed Screeve in panic. The figure tossed him his cookbook. Steve caught it and looked at the recipe again. As he did, he froze in fear. Beneath a greasy stain on the page was a word that he had missed. Whilst he was hoping for a delicious sausage and batter-based delight, he had made a hideous error. He had baked toad in the hell hole. Mary, run! Steve screamed, but it was too late. The demon grabbed them with his huge hands and dragged them into the portal. Mary and Steve were never seen again. They had become a senseless sacrifice to a sausagey dream. And that's the end of another story. Bye!